Hi, it's Ellen, and today we'll be discussing the appeal of extremism during the Great Depression in Nazi Germany. Whilst traditionally we always talk about the Nazis because they're the ones who dominate the narrative in the 1930s, we must remember that there were two ends of the political spectrum. Many turned to the left as well as the right wing. So firstly, let's discuss the appeal of communism. Like the Nazis, the KPD used fighting talk and militarism as part of its appeal. Its paramilitary organisation, the Red Front, was often involved in street violence. The KPD slogans included peace, unity, freedom, or together we conquer them, which shows workers killing a Nazi snake, or down with the warmongers. The KPD's presidential campaign slogan was a vote for Hindenburg is a vote for Hitler. A vote for Hitler is a vote for war. This anti-war slogan had limited appeal. The KPD's total membership in 1931 was 260,000, and its highest share of the vote was in November 1932, when it reached 16.9%. Most likely, the limited support is because its links with the USSR alienated several voters. As a radical, left-wing, working-class party, the communist appeal was limited, and it would never gain the cooperation of the elite or the authorities. Perhaps the only way it could have gained power legally was by working with the SPD. But as they were supposedly bitter enemies, this never happened. The Communist Party saw the Depression as proof that capitalism as a system was over. Willy Munzenberg was head of KPD propaganda, and he understood the potential of film for propaganda purposes and thus founded the VFV, People's Film Association. However, funding film was a problem for the KPD. That said, they did try and produce one feature film and several documentaries. Munzingberg established a range of publishers, newspapers, cinemas and theatres in Germany. Munzingberg focused on uncontroversial, single-issue campaigns that would attract liberal and left-wing people who might join them to the KPD. So in recapping, we know that the KPD were extremely radical. However, they could have gained power legally if they were willing to join the SPD, yet this never happened. It's quite interesting to consider how the KPD propaganda focused on uncontroversial and single-issue campaigns. This seems like a very mainstream approach, as they wanted to attract liberal and left-wing supporters, yet in fact they were a very radical left-wing group. So they're slightly conflicting approaches. Having discussed the Communist Party, we shall move on to the appeal of Nazism. Whilst disguising itself as a party for everyone, there must be no doubt that the Nazi party was politically right-wing. The Nazi message was based on the Nazi party's 25-point programme. The party, under Hitler, wanted to undo Versailles, pursue Lebensraum, and do away with Weimar democracy. To achieve this, the Nazi party also used nationalism to bring Germans together as a Volksgemeinschaft. To emphasise this, they used rhetoric of unity and strength and a return to greatness. However, this was a double-edged sword. This inclusion rested on the exclusion of the other. Nazi messages were targeted against Jews, the Versailles Treaty, communists, November criminals and pacifists. 
The Nazi party were very good at targeting their messages to their audience, especially at a local level. They realised that most people were won over by other locals, so they targeted key individuals, such as teachers or shop owners, who knew their communities well. Nazis used the approach of direct mailing and the publication of pamphlets. Furthermore, posters were focused on very specific groups with very specific messages. For example, posters targeted workers, women, farmers, mothers and small business owners. Joseph Goebbels oversaw Nazi propaganda, which came in many forms, such as the printed word, posters, films, rallies, symbols and flags. Even the SA delivered leaflets. The Nazi also had a newspaper, and the party's 1929 alliance with Hugenberg's DNVP gave it access to his media empire. Appeals were made to the emotions rather than the intellects. And interestingly, Hitler was the first person to use aeroplanes for his propaganda campaign. This made the party look new and modern. The Nazis had different and associated organisations for its varied interest groups. This included young people, women, students, lawyers and factory workers. The NSDAP was also organised into strong local areas who were led by Gauleiters. Furthermore, the SA also attracted people. Although its violence was at times problematic, it also portrayed strength and an ability to fight as opposed to the failing Weimar democracy. The Führerprinzip was also very important for the Nazis gaining success. Hitler was a charismatic leader at a time of failing chancellors, and his personality was central to the Nazi party's success. So was there support for the Nazis, and can this be explained along class lines? The traditional view is that the NSDAP was a middle-class party. However, this was challenged by historians such as Fischer and Folter. They say that the Nazi party membership was comprised of 32.5% were workers, and therefore the largest group. However, we must remember that there were regional variations in Nazi support. Areas which were least likely to vote for the Nazis included Berlin and Cologne and Aachen. We must remember that this may have been the stronghold of the Communist Party. So the kind of the tense relationship and the dynamic relationship between the Nazis and the Communists help explain the trends in voting. In contrast, Pomerania and East Prussia were the most likely regions to vote for the Nazis. According to Peterson in 1989, big businesses and Junkers were disinclined to join or vote for the Nazis, but some gave other kinds of direct or indirect support. Another striking trend is that across Germany, more males and females belonged to the Nazi party in 1930. However, by January 1933, there were more female members. So in covering the, covering the Nazi message, we know that they targeted specific groups with very specific messages. Posters focused on workers, women, farmers and small business owners, and they used key individuals to convey these messages. Historians are divided about the nature of class support for the Nazi party. The traditional view was the NSDAP was a middle class party. Fischer and Folter challenged this and say it was more working class. And Peterson argued that the big businesses and Junkers were not inclined to vote for the Nazis, but gave support in different ways. And then if we think about who Nazi messages were targeted against, we know that they deliberately excluded Jews, 
supported the Versailles Treaty, communists, November criminals and pacifists. Thank you very much for listening to this episode about the appeal of extremism during the Great Depression in Germany. Next time we'll be talking about how Hitler came to power as Chancellor through the backstairs intrigue. If this episode has got you in the mood for more revision, then head over to SenecaLearning.com where you can revise all of your A-level subjects absolutely free. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Anchor, then you will find a link in the bio. But if not, just type in SenecaLearning.com and you'll find us. While you're at it, if you could rate us five stars and subscribe or follow to all of our revised podcasts, which cover every subject you need, then that will help other people to find our podcasts.